Welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And this is a show for experts who want to become the authorities in their field by making an impact in the world. My name is Simone Vincenzi and I'm your host. And uh, every week we bring you a new episode talking uh, with uh, some incredible experts in their field and uh, in the behind the scene on how they run their business, how they get clients, how they make an impact. So then you can get ideas and see, oh my God, I read that and then use it in your business. Now, if you haven't downloaded yet uh, our uh, expert business checklist, which is a checklist designed to understand where are you at in your business and what are you focusing on and what are your priorities? So then you don't go around in circles and uh, get confused and uh, implement maybe things in your business that are not right for you. Then make sure you download it. Uh, you can find the link here in the show notes. It's called the Expert Business Checklist. It gives you a full assessment of who you are in your business, what are your priorities, what you should focus on your time on, so you can get the results that you want. Because we found that the majority of people that get the struggle, they struggle because they just do too many things at the same time. So if that sounds like you, make sure you download the checklist right now. Uh, in uh, also, if you if you're new to the podcast and uh, you you like the episode, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Now it is time to introduce my guest, and uh, it is actually uh, someone that I met um, about ten years ago uh, at the very 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 beginning of my coaching business. I literally was going through my courses. And it was uh, also the time, uh, uh, also the beginning of his business. Uh, and uh, it, it is great uh, to see, to, to connect here after so many years and understand all the different dynamics and what happened actually in the past 10 years. So Massimo Montone, founder of Restaurant Keys, a full service consultancy and creator of Restaurants Launch Roadmap, where he teaches how to start your own food business, have the freedom you always wanted to fulfill your passion and become a successful food entrepreneur. Uh, Massimo, welcome to the show. Hello, Simone. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, today is the Italian show. Today we are made in Italy. And I remember that uh, me and you connected because uh, of a passion for the catering industry uh, before starting my coaching business. Yeah. I used to work in restaurants. That's why I came here in the UK. You used to work in restaurants. Uh, you, you definitely had a much longer career than the one I did. You, you manage restaurants, you launch restaurants. So what I want to explore in this interview is uh, what is the business model that you run? We're going to talk about that later. And some of the lessons that you got by running your business. Uh, and But I would love to start with um, your transition from uh, managing restaurant to building your coaching business. Because uh, I know that a lot of people yeah. here, they, they might be in, a, in, a diff in other careers and they're interested in see how the transition happened. So uh, how was that for you, Massimo? Well, the transition, it, it took a while to get the transition kind of evolve, kind of make it happen. Um, it's something that I always wanted to do, move to have my own business and run my own, uh, my own enterprise. And I was always involved into coaching and it was something that I wanted to do. 
but I also wanted to build a business and help other people. Mm -hmm. So the transition uh, um, has been a challenge. It's been, it's been quite hard um, because when you work for someone else, you go there, you do the job, uh, you tick the boxes and you work for someone else and you're always on the call to actually make somebody else money or make somebody else success. While I said, I'm really good at doing this. People are pulling me from one job to another. I would be headhunted for new positions or new jobs. And that's when I see a gap and I say, look, I think I could actually build a business along what I do really well, which is opening restaurants. And uh, yeah. the transition was done relatively well, but it was hard because it's not as easy when you go alone and you have to be the salesperson, the marketing person, and you have to do everything yourself. And uh, you need to remember to work on the business and not in the business, uh, which is something that likely as a manager, I had to, that experience to do so. So that's how the transition I would, I would explain as. How years for those people that are thinking about, okay, but like, how did it take you? Because I know that everyone has a different time scale yeah. and there are some people that in a few months made it and there are some people that took yeah. 10 years to make it. So uh, how about you? Okay, my time, time my time scale was very long. I'll, uh, just to give you an idea, my first website, MassimoMontone.com, I bought that back in 2004. Um, you, 2004, 2004 um, because I already wanted to build my, my business. And the, the name that I gave then was Bridge the Gap. So I wanted to bridge that gap of, uh, you know, from the construction company that builds the restaurants to the actual people who run the restaurants. So that was my, my, my prospect. It was back in 2004. So I bought my domain another time. You have to go to the shop, you have to buy the disc and you have to put it into the computer. Totally different. <laughs> You've probably never seen that. So I bought that domain then, but then, you know, I went through several courses, some amazing books on personal development that I may have mentioned to you in the past. Um, you know, went through all of that, went through the courses. But when I actually made the leap was between 2003 to 2000 and 2013 to 2015. Mm -hmm. So it took me 18 months to make the leap for good. But the moment I started to think about it was 2004. So I kind of, uh, I was stuck between 2004 to 2013 um, with this idea of launching my own business. And I never did until 2013. Um, but 90% of the work was done between 2013 to 2015. What was the resistance for you? What was the resistance for you? What stopped you from going, let me do this now? Um, the resistance. The resistance was in the hospitality, as you know, you were in that business before and many people, they may listen. It's good money, very fast, very quick. And I started to work when I was 12, I think, in the restaurants, 12, 13. And, you know, you get good money and you used to have your own freedom with the, with the cash in your pocket and have a good lifestyle. So I think my resistance was the fact that I had to accept that going alone, I would probably struggle in the beginning. And, and cash was my resistance to leave something I know. In terms of personal development, I would look at it as a, my comfort zone and what I, leaving what I know for something that I don't know and how am I going to do that. And, and I did that probably in the worst time when uh, I didn't have a lot of money in the bank 
but I was jumping from one job to another job. And I say, that's it. Either, I, either it's going to go well now or it's going to go bad. And likely it went well. Not, not likely we are here having this conversation. We are here now. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I, agree, I agree with you because I, I remember I started working in a restaurant when I was 14. And uh, I quit university after six months because uh, I was like, I'm just, uh, I, I, was, uh, I was 19 and I was making more than my mom and my dad put together. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was like, like, and, and my mom had a degree. Um, I was like, if I have to study for so long, just to wait another 10 years to get a salary, which is going to be lower than what I'm earning at 19, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And I got to say that a lot of people, they discredit the, the catering industry as a job. It's like, what do you do? Oh, you're a waiter. And, but, and, and I think because it is a, it's easy, like it's the kind of job like a sales assistant or a waiter that you, you, a lot of people do when they have nothing else to do or they can't find anything else because their barrier to entry is very low. But there are a few yeah. people in this industry that they are obsessed with the industry, yeah. that they yeah. live and breathe the industry. And so what I would love to ask is like, what did you learn like in your career uh, going to managing and launching a restaurant that actually was crucial for you in your success in business right now oh my okay what i learned um as as a manager in restaurants the, i think the main skill that i did learn managing people and working in restaurants like you say you go in very young um you you can work without any degree um you know i was going through always to book business books so i would always improve myself as I was managing restaurants. But there is one skill that took me to the top very fast and it's people skills. The ability to understand people. And that didn't come alone. I, I was a bad manager. Um, when I moved to Bermuda in, back in 2001, 2002, I was given the opportunity to manage very young and I was a bad manager. People were just not listening to me. And lucky enough that I understood that I had to work on myself. So I learned, I start to learn how to improve my people's skills. Then my ability and my also lucky coming from a very small town in the middle of nowhere in Italy, uh, where you have to have people's skills, otherwise you don't talk to anybody. <laughs> so people's skills is what took me to the top, where I became a good manager. And that is helping me now running my business because I have an ability to deal with people that is unique. I deal with clients, with other consultants. Um, when I launch a restaurant, I will probably deal with um, another 10, 15 consultants at the same time. They then need to be managed. And the ability to get along with the, another 10, 15 experts in order to open on time and on budget requires extremely people skills, but at the same time, you have to be assertive, and you need to be strong when you need to be because you you are the authority there um, to actually make things happen and the restaurants business and being a manager helped me to pull the strings that way because i had to work with the people from different country different culture most of them maybe couldn't speak english so you have to be able to communicate with them clearly so they understand what you're talking about and I think that uh, that has been that helps me today. And I look back and I'm going like, wow, whatever I learned when I was a junior manager is helping me now launching a 10 million pounds restaurant. 
um, how fun is that? So uh, it is a uh, uh, it is a one of these things that I will. I wish everyone would go and do shifts in restaurants yeah. if they want to run their business, because uh, you learn how to deal with clients. You learn how to make people happy. You learn customer service. You learn how to put smiles on people's faces. You learn how to have difficult conversations with people. Simply when you have a client and now their dish doesn't come out well or they don't like it. You are the one that has to deal with them, not the chef. And of course, going to the fights between the kitchen and and the, and the floor uh, <laughs> and the love and hate cat and dog relationship that there is there. <laughs> We're not going to go there today. We're not going to go there today. But I, I wouldn't be able, I think when people ask me, when was your first training in public speaking? My first training was the, the order that I was taking to a table of 30 people. <laughs> and you have to explain the menu, table of people, and make it they don't order all different things. Otherwise, you get names from the chef. <laughs> You're completely right on that. When I moved to Bermuda in early 2000, it's a very much Americanized. And the specials that you have to tell to the table, it's not just, you have to tell the specials. You have to tell the starter, the main course, the desserts. Uh, like, it's like five minutes, five minutes speech on the specials. And that's a public speaking because you need, to, you need to tell them what it is. They need to understand you and you need to sell it to them. So he has got everything that you would do in a public speaking. So I agree with you. I learn about the sale and upsell, cross-sell, when you recommend the dessert, when you recommend maybe a slightly more expensive bottle of wine. And I think that that's what makes the difference between it. Like one of the things, I was, a, and I still love the catering industry. Uh, and uh, I was living it and breathing it. And it was a pleasure for me working on every single shift because uh, it was about serving the client. And if I think about the parallel with what we are doing now is that yeah. I'm here to make people happier. Before I did it with food, now yeah. I do it with business consulting. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing, absolutely. No, no, incredible, incredible. The restaurants were, were, has given me as, a, a, as an expertise and experience uh, back to the speaking, you know, I would do the briefing and I was always do the briefing at uh, six o'clock, whatever the time is. And uh, you know that you're doing a good briefing and you've learned that when uh, when the staff is running to the briefing and says, who's doing the briefing tonight? Oh, there is Massimo, still Massimo is still here. He's doing the briefing. Oh, I want to go there because I would structure the briefing in a way that they would they always have a takeaway uh, and they would always learn something and there was always a challenge. Um, so you would see like 40, 50, 60 staff uh, in Aqua Shard, you know, when, uh, when we would do that, uh, which was 200 staff, you know, you can imagine managing a team of 200 people. And this is what I miss the most of running restaurants or being there more at the time. It's actually that big team of young people driven, come to the country with a, with a dream. It's not essential being a head waiter, but they have a dream. And, um, and I was able to tap into their dream and say, you need to do this well if you want to succeed or whatever you want to. Uh, succeed in life do this well and then you will uh, you will find your path so so an, an incredible industry I, I, I absolutely love what you're saying so you mentioned aqua shard what are some of the projects where that you or restaurants can launch that either they are most in, more impressive or uh, that you're most proud of you know when these things like i helped to launch that restaurant <laughs> 
I think the most challenging and the most impressive that I that I'm proud of, it's uh, Sumasantwiga. I don't know if you heard of it. It's uh, tell me, tell me more. Okay, Sumasantwiga. It's a Japanese Italian restaurant. Uh, it uh, was done between uh, um, Flavio Briatore, which uh, you probably know. Um, he's, uh, you know, it, it, yeah. I worked with him on the launch of this restaurant. This, they, that was his first restaurant here in the UK. Um, so we launched that back in 2015, and they had all the challenges. Flavio Briatore, the first restaurants coming to eat to London, uh, with very very high expectations, as you can imagine, and knowing his personality. Yeah. Um, then we had to open these restaurants in a site which was never a success. Um, but rent was very good, premium was very good. It was very good place uh, to launch these restaurants. It took us between, I think, 15 months to launch that. So I'm very proud of that because it's a place now that people want to be. They, it's a place to be. Uh, it's a, a luxury place. So basically, just to give you an idea, the average bill uh, the average spend is uh, 320 pounds. So, give you give you an idea of what Peanuts. people may spend. Peanuts. So, <laughs> so that's what this is very very high profile and it's a success. And now uh, I'm helping the brand to also move forward and opening in other locations. Um, working with them in a location in the uh, Middle East and probably we're going to US with them. So that was the biggest challenge because I had to travel a lot to Monaco where Briatore was, um, just travel to Monaco, do the meeting with him, but also I learned a lot. Uh, from someone like, uh, like him, there is a lot to learn despite the, the perception of people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one key that I may say here, what I learned from him is that you, he's still running his business as a startup um, and he has got that in his head and he's able to make decision quickly, fast, um, so they make an impact on the business and, um, and the decision process that he has being so fast, you move very fast. And uh, what I learned there and working with him is that sometimes you, you know, it's not important to make the right decision, but it's important to make the right, the decision you think is right, as long as it's made at the right time. Um, because that's very, okay, very so, Say it again. Say it again. I think uh, th this is uh, this is gold. What you just it's said gold. is gold. Say it, it again. It's very important to make a decision. They're making the wrong decision to make not to make the decision, if that makes sense. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. managers or or entrepreneur don't make that decision um, because they either don't know what to do or or they're scared of making the wrong decision. So you and it's more important to make that decision. Um, at that time, even if maybe the wrong one, even if maybe the wrong one. And I learned that also while I was at Aqua, the, the decision, the decision process um, when I was at Aqua was very, 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 very um, urgent. So you have to make a decision back to back, otherwise you would have a, a, a stack up of decision to make that you would just crush. Yeah. So make a decision, make a decision, make a decision. Out of 10 decisions, maybe one or two, they're wrong. You go back and you do it again. Oh, you work on that. But if you would uh, stack up decisions and not making them, um, you would just collapse yourself as, a, as an entrepreneur or as a, as a manager. In fact, when I would recruit a manager for that project or for any project that turns around a lot of cash, like Sumasantwiga or, or other big projects, what I look into a manager is their ability to make decisions quick. So, which uh, I think is very key to an entrepreneur. 
So based on this, I want to build on this uh, and I want to ask you what uh, is a decision that uh, you had to make uh, quick without knowing uh, if it was the right one or the wrong one, but you had to make it uh, in a crucial moment. Do you have that in mind? Yeah, I do have in mind because um, it happens to me twice. So the second time I know what to do. Um, so <laughs> so the first time happened many years ago, <clears throat> I was uh, running this restaurant um, there were the eight o'clock on a Saturday night. You imagine the restaurant's full, people waiting outside to come in and dine. You've served half of them. There is a power cut. The power goes. So when the power goes into a restaurant, um, the extraction fund stops. So you won't be able to cook because there is no gas. Um, so you have a decision. The power can come back in 10 minutes or that can come back in four hours, um, which four hours, it's the minimum that EDF or any uh, power company uh, can, will eventually pay you the insurance and so on and so on. So you, you have to make a decision. The power may come back or may not. So you make the calls, you try to do this. And at the time I called the owner and I called the owner and said, what do you want me to do? And he said, I don't know, that's why I hire you to make this decision. I said, okay, so what do I do? And the decision at the time, after 10 minutes, speaking to uh, the manager, speaking to the, the other managers, speaking to the manager, I kind of put it together. Uh, I tend to like that, you know, I kind of uh, try to speak to everyone very quickly and then make a decision. So everyone works together with that decisions and you have nobody against you. So that's, uh, that's the process. And the decision was to make that we would do uh, we will tell each single customer that the restaurants wouldn't, the power wouldn't come back. We wouldn't know, it could come back while guests would leave. But my decision was made on the principle of saying, I, who is the most important person here? My cash register for tonight or the customers? And the customers, all they want, they want to have a good dinner. Now, I need to do that for them. So what we did, we put together, we split the restaurants in five, each, each manager will speak to a team, uh, to, a, to a group of people and tell them that we wouldn't reopen. So you can stay in the dark with a, with a candle and have cold cuts, or we can help you book a table to another restaurant. So the reception team start to call at the restaurants, book table, book taxi. So the power that night, everyone left happy, very, you know, unhappy about the situation, but happy about uh, knowing what to about do. service, yes. About service. So help them to do all of that. And the decision was the right decision. The, the power went off around eight o'clock. It came back a quarter to 12 at night. That's when the power came back. So I made the right decision. And the same happened to me after seven or eight years, no more, maybe 10 years. It happened to me at Aqua uh, in the shard. The shard was moving uh, because there was so much wind and uh, the gas stopped <laughs> pumping. So there was no gas. So what do you do? Uh, what do you do? Will you tell the guest or not? So the decision was made at that time, quicker than the first time, to tell the guest that we wouldn't reopen because the wind was too strong. And it was easier at the time because the wind was so strong and it would be very difficult uh, for, um, uh, for the gas to come back. But that's, that was a very, very difficult decision because you really don't know what it is right and, and what it is wrong. And whatever you do, you just have to do it. You just have to do it. Uh, 
I love the stories and uh, like for those of you that are listening, they don't know uh, what the shard is. Uh, the shard is like the, the highest uh, skyscraper that there is in London. And the Aqua Shard is a luxury restaurant that is inside. Uh, was that like 30? No, how, what floor? No, sorry, 50, 50 something? Uh, no, 31, 31st. 31st floor, 31st 30. floor. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, so that's the, that's the situation. And that's it. And it's a really prestigious, actually. Uh, I live uh, about 10 minutes walk from the Shard. And uh, with my wife, we go there. Well, b- before COVID, we used to go there very often just to get a drink at the at, at the Aqua, and then and then and then leave. Uh, so I, I really, absolutely love that place. Uh, I mean, the Aqua Shard is not paying any promotion, any commercial for full disclosure, no. <laughs> but it's a nice but a place to go and visit on a personal recommendation. I have a last yeah. question that I want to ask you, Massimo, before yeah. we wrap up. And- so uh, you now uh, run a great business. Uh, you help restaurants open, and uh, we are in the time of COVID. And I remember that uh, I was shocked when you told me we we, we caught up on Instagram. I think messages. Yes. Yeah. And I asked you so like the the restaurant world now with with COVID because I was assuming that it was at a standstill. Everything was gonna be closed down. And you said, is the year where I've opened one of the year where I've opened the most restaurants. Where I work on where I work on opening most restaurants. So when you when you work, okay, sorry, where you worked on opening most restaurants. Yes. So I'm I'm thinking, what's the thinking in the opening a restaurant right now? I want to understand.